the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our worldwide audience for another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show, heard every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on Faith Talk 1360 or faithtalk1360.com. And you can also hear all of the store, all of the 110 or however many shows we have at this moment in time uh, at our uh, our Facebook or our uh, website, rescuersradioshow.org. And you can also donate to the show if you feel like doing that. There's a button with full instructions on how to do that at rescuersradioshow.org. Uh, I've got a and, and once it's aired, it's it's a podcast. So it goes on worldwide forever. And I'm very fortunate to have uh, this guest uh, on the show today, uh, Patricia Plum, owner of Imagine Therapy and co-owner of Dark Horse Recovery and Changing Lives Residential Homes. So there's a mouthful there. And we're going to we're going to figure all that out in just a minute for our audience. Uh, Do you prefer Trish or Patricia? Trish. Trish. Okay, you're not that formal. No, Trish. No. Okay, Trish Plum, and uh, Trish, welcome, welcome to the show. And uh, so that our audience uh, gets to know who you are, let's begin with your backstory. How did you get to this point in your life? Take take some time doing this too. Yeah. So I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. First and foremost, oh. I'm excited to be here. Um, and so I grew up. I'm actually born and raised right here in Phoenix. Um, kind of metro center area, which has changed a lot since I was a little girl. Yeah, is it still there? (laughs) (laughs) The mall is still existing, but there's nothing in it. Um, So grew up over there. Um, You know, I I think I have a really amazing family. I have um, just a really great family that loved me very much. Um, I think I struggled a lot as a young person, just really feeling valued in things. Um, And... Uh, connecting to my own self-worth, grew up in the church um, and just felt, just really felt disconnected from a lot of things. And so started seeking and searching in friends. Um, School wasn't, school wasn't my jam. Uh, I wasn't very good at it. I didn't feel like I connected with it well. Can't play sports to save my life. Um, But I'm good with people and I always have been. And so um, just connecting with friends. And so really early on, um, when I was when I was about sixteen, uh, started experimenting with drugs and alcohol, um, and unfortunately, very soon after, um, 
a week after my 17th birthday, uh, while experimenting with drugs, I got behind the wheel of a car um, and I drove through a stop sign. Mm. Um, I I don't have memory of the actual incident, um, but I I was under the influence of substances um, and in impacting with another car. Um, the passenger Hannah was killed on impact. Oh. And so at 17, um, I was uh, actually at 18. They waited a year. They charged me as an adult um, on my right after my 18th birthday. Um, and for a year, we kind of looked at it with the courts and and things that at 19, I took a plea. Um, and so at 19 years old, I was incarcerated out here at Perryville Prison. Um, I did just just at six years uh, inside uh, Perryville and then was was let out and served a year on paper. Um, you know, I, I feel like I knew I knew my creator growing up and I had really kind of been lost in who I am and who I was for a very long time. And while I was incarcerated, I feel like I um, really connected uh, with him again. And then as I exited, I kind of lost touch again. The world kind of consumed me. Um, and so for a little while, I struggled again. Um, I got connected with a local church about a year later. Um, I had met my husband. Um, we had not married yet, but I had met him, and we were living together, and we had had, had a child and my oldest daughter, Addison. Uh. And so, um, but found a church and then just uh, started connecting in that community and really found my relationship with God again, um, found my church home and started doing mission work. And so it was then it was having my daughter that I kind of went back to school. So um, I finished a bachelor's and uh, a master's degree and became licensed here in Arizona as a licensed clinical social worker. Wow. What a story. And uh, thank you for sharing. Um, uh, do you mind sharing what was your drug of choice or? Yeah. So at the time I was actually using methamphetamines. Okay. Um, I had been using, I'd used over the span of about two months um, sporadically. It was like an everyday thing. I was a kid. Um, I had definitely experimented. I had tried marijuana. I tried alcohol. Um, and I'm going to be really honest and say that had that incident not happened I easily could have mm. seen that path go in a much different much direction. Different I think that, you know, it, I hate the situation and I would go back for Hannah any day. Um, but it saved my life. Yeah. So um, your family is very important to you uh, while you've been in the trenches, right? Yeah. They. So I grew up in a family that definitely supported me while I was incarcerated. They loved me. Um, they came every weekend to see me. They, uh, you know, never gave up on me. I think they prayed for me, you know, probably more than anybody um, was my family. And so um, now having even my own family, I think family is so important. Um, I saw women inside, you know, the prison walls that never got visitors, that didn't have people or had burnt those bridges and family had turned their back. And my family never has done that. And I, oh, I think now... What a blessing. Yeah. N now more than ever, you know, my family, they walk alongside me, they engage, they, you know, go and volunteer alongside me and do the things with me. And I, I love that. Um, but they're my world, my kids, my husband, um, and, and even my extended family, my brothers and their families. <laughs> you have several degrees from uh, Arizona State University. Uh, you've also worked as uh, inpatient and outpatient clinics, serving in both private and nonprofit organizations. Uh, share your work uh, that you have and, and have been doing and changing and saving lives. Yeah, so 
Listen, I hope I, I hope I save a life. Um, if I can, if I can save one, right? My, it's all worth it. And so, um, I most st- of the time we don't even know. And it definitely, it I, happens. I did construction for a little while, and I loved it because at the end you could see like a tangible product. <laughs> um, and you don't always see that with people, right? We plant seeds and we water some, and we hope that something grows out of that. Um, and it's always a blessing when someone comes back and says, you know, thank you, I've, I've, I've succeeded, I've done something, or I've continued to stay sober. Um, so I started in domestic violence shelter um, work here in my bachelor's program um, with ASU. And then uh, in my master's, went into an inpatient or an outpatient clinic in Phoenix, um, working with people coming out of the justice system. And then transferred into um, a treatment, an inpatient treatment center where I worked for a lot of years doing family counseling and primary counseling. And really, um, I got a lot of training. And one thing I noticed um, and why I ended up opening my own practice was that when you're in the for-profit world and you're in like commercial insurance and things like that, companies have a lot of money to give you a lot of really great training and a lot of information to help your people. And when you're in inner city clinics out in um, access, right, where they take state insurance, I I didn't get any training. I actually asked for a free training once and they told me no. Um, (laughs) And so you have clinicians that don't have as much information and can't support their clients in the same way. Not that they're doing a bad job, but I really wanted to bring all the knowledge that I had to to everyone. I think everybody should have the same access to yeah. mental health care. Um, and so we opened a private practice in Goodyear. It's called Imagine Therapy. We just do trauma um, focus therapy. We address things like addiction, childhood trauma, current traumas, um, just private counseling sessions that's one-on-one one-on-one private counseling sessions yep um if there's more that's needed we'll refer out we're not afraid to say hey we're not the best option for you and we we hope to connect with really great people in the community that can help um if we're not that for someone um and then in that we also started uh the behavioral health residential facilities and so they are very different um the dark horse recovery you mentioned is a um, currently it, it's a we have one facility it's five beds it's very tiny um, which means we get to we get to really treat them like they're part of our family we get to love on people mm. and encourage them um, for long-term change I think nice. when we try to help masses sometimes people get lost in the in yeah. the mass and so we get to be very individualized um, and that currently is for um, women only uh, we do not believe in doing co-ed. And so we have a women's only program, Native American population only as well. Oh, um, let's talk about that. Yeah. So uh, had you asked me 10 years ago, that probably wouldn't have been the population. But I also said I was never going to go back to prison and I volunteer there now and I was never going <laughs> to work with it, addicts. And here I am. So so incidentally, did you have trouble getting a credential to get back into prison uh, doing this work? Um, so I Yes and no. Actually, I applied for a job and they were like, yes, you can have the job. And they called me the next day and said, no, you can't have the job. We lied. And then I was very, very upset. And so I did a couple different things. I filed for a pardon one, um, which I don't have. But then I also uh, went to prison fellowship and asked, can I start going back? And so I I got credentialed through prison fellowship. And so I go in once a week and I get to teach classes on on really fun things like boundaries and finances and anger management, uh, the therapy stuff, which I love so much, and just get to be with the women. Um, and I always had, when I was there, I was like, who wants to come back here? Like, who wants to check themselves in this place? Yeah. 
and I look forward to it. I laughed with my husband and I was like, I'm so is it weird that I'm so excited to like go into prison? It's kind of like my it fills my heart up. And he laughed at me. But um, so it didn't it, it was difficult. But I have been home for 15 years. So um, you do have to be out a little bit of time to be able to get that credential to go back in. Um, but they're yeah. always looking for volunteers, even if, you know, you've never been in a prison. It's just people. It's hurting people. And I think. In all the settings that we have, Changing Lives is going, we're, we're trying to set it up as a recidivism reduction program for women so that when they exit, that exiting is very hard, especially if you spent any amount of time inside. I mean, honestly, even a day, because whatever led you there wasn't going well. Yeah. And so learning how do I come out and engage in society in a healthy way when I probably haven't had the skills in my life to do so. And so really teaching people, how do I build relationships in a healthy way? How do I do my finances? Um, And self-worth, I tell people all the time, if you knew your value, you wouldn't put drugs in your system, right? You wouldn't feed drugs to your kid because you know how much value they have. And if we had that same value in ourselves and our creator definitely has that value in us, then the things that we would do, we wouldn't let people hurt us. We wouldn't, you know, somebody would offer us drugs and we'd be like, are you kidding me? You're trying to poison me? No, thank you. Um, But so self-value and just building people's esteem to know that they are worth so much more than they give themselves credit for. can change a life. It really can. Because yeah. I know that it changed mine, being able to find value in myself, that it doesn't matter what the world says. It only matters what, what well, And good for you to, to recognize the, the, the how high the percentage is of recidivism, right? I mean, it's Bad. it's through the roof. Yeah. So you're, you're by your teachings and you're helping uh, with with them, you're deterring that. That's our, that's You're taking our that walk with them, and that's the hope, right? Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. I think, um, right, like the, the goal, I think, of any therapist or anyone sh- isn't to tell somebody what to do, but to simply shed a light that says, here, I've, I've walked the path before you, and if you're interested, I'll show you what I did, and if you want to take it, great. And we can't make people change, yeah. but if I can give them a gift of, of helping them, I, I, I hope to. Hey, my guest right now is uh, Patricia Plum owner of Imagine Therapy and co-owner of Dark Horse Recovery and Changing Lives Residential Homes. So, um, in the you know, during the COVID era, the spikes of domestic violence and abuse and drug addictions and suicide have all been off the charts, right? Absolutely. It's so been heartbreaking. You're in high demand. Yeah, there's no, there's no lack of, of jobs right now in the mental health field. I think that uh, isolation only increases uh, mental health problems, right? Um, it, it causes people to be stuck in uh, kind of sitting in the silence of self. And that's very difficult when we don't know what to do with that, right? Yeah. When we're uncomfortable with it. And so what do we do? We self-medicate. That's where drugs and alcohol, shopping, sex, all of these things that we can yeah. self-medicate. I think we, sometimes we think about addiction and we just think drugs and alcohol, but there are so many so many bigger problems out there financially people are in trouble um you know the the way that people got stipends and money and instantly spent it i saw people buying you know 500 hundred dollar shoes with their checks and thinking oh my like gosh. you don't know what's happening next right um wait 500 dollars for a pair of shoes i know people pay more than that not, <laughs> not my people but i know people do um Right. But it's a mentality of I, I just want to feel yeah. better. It yeah. feels good. It feels good to say, oh, I could I can afford this and I can buy it. And and I think that's what's happening in the community um, for all those things. Like I said, not just substance abuse, though, that is where we see the. So how do you how do you organize this? Because you're dealing with a lot of different issues. You've just rattled off a whole 
plethora of issues. How do you how do you organize that in these areas that you're that you uh, supervise that you own? Yeah, I have a really solid team. It's not just you me. You must have. Yeah. I do. I have I have amazing people that I work with. Yeah. I have an amazing community. I think some of the cool thing that you see in the behavioral health community is people um, that have dealt with their own stuff and have come back to serve again. Um, I would be, you know, a liar to say that it was just me and I did all of this because I did not have people I can call friends, family. I mean, my my husband was picking up furniture for me today for one of the group homes. So, <laughs> right, like I have such a solid amount of people um, that come in and surround. I also think um, a lot of it is by the grace of God. And I say that because yes. there is nothing that I've done that is I'm not special. I'm not like super smart or like overwhelmingly, you know, anything. I'm just me. And I think being willing to step out of my comfort zone um, and listen I mean, God has has showed up in even me sitting here today, right? Like saying yes to things that I normally wouldn't be like, yeah, I'm so excited for this because it's scary. <clears throat> so saying yes to the to the to the things that are scary in our life to be able to help someone else is. So the the entities that you own and co-own mm-hmm. are constantly busy, right? I mean, are you are you? Do you have the patient load that you wish to have? Do you have, is patient the correct um, word even? I feel like everybody calls, insurance calls members. I mean, everybody yeah, says yeah. something different. Okay. So the people that we serve, um, and imagine, um, yeah, I think we're, I mean, we're scheduling out, you know, a couple, I think we're scheduling into June right now. That's so. the imagine therapy. <clears throat> yeah, that's the individual okay. therapy. Okay. Um, actually, changing lives isn't open at the moment. We're running into some concerns with uh, the state giving us our license. Um, they don't really love the idea of a recidivism program. Oh. Um, right? I'm surprised by that, too. Wow. <clears throat> so we're working on it. Um, that facility, because it's going to be very specific to um, people coming out of prison. And, right, there is this thing when you say prisoner that people I don't know about you but most people think like tattoos on your face like right they think about the worst of the worst crimes because of television and social media and they forget that it's just people that are hurting right and when we when we're hurting we hurt people do you know um I interviewed recently a a guy here in town a gentleman that owns a uh a a pain treatment facility Mm -hmm. facility 178 million people in the country are feeling some kind of pain right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a that's more than half the people in the United States yeah. mm-hmm. feeling pain. Yeah, and one in four of those it is tied into their mental health, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's one in four Americans have a mental health disorder, and some some of those are severely mentally ill, like schizophrenia, right? Something deeper. Um, but one in four people, I think even in this building we're sitting in, one of us has got something, right? Depression, yeah, anxiety. Sure. Um, but we don't talk about it. And yeah. why, right? There's this, we need to keep it to ourselves, tell no one. And that only makes it worse. It doesn't make it better. And, and I think coming into a community, and that's what we hope that we have is a space where people feel safe enough to say, hey, this is what's happening for me. And I need, I just need to tell somebody. Sometimes just telling people is, the, is what they need. It's just yeah. a space to share their truth. And taking time with them. Yeah. And, and and finding, you know, I listen to some of your shows and that connection, that relational ability. 
right? To, to connect with people and just just be with people. It's like the best experience ever to hear somebody's truth and to watch people, the relief that happens physically mm-hmm. when they get to share their stuff is so exciting. It, and it, it's exciting to be sitting across the table when that happens yeah. because it's it's wonderful. Uh, and that's what this show is, is built on. Yeah. So, um, my gosh, um, you... You said something a minute a minute ago that kind of inferred uh, the government may be blocking. They're not making recidivism go away in in some way, or no? They're just so we're trying to open up this facility, um, and we really uh, we have to apply to the state. It is a state. Um, uh, we're going to be a state program, so it's going to be funded by the state, yeah. um, and so we'll be giving people help. Um, and this tagline of recidivism reduction where it's tied to people coming out of the prison or the jail system um the it means we have to go through some like red tape and so we're running into some things but i'll tell you like i i I fully believe god is bigger than all things and so uh we got some things planned out and we're gonna just you know say our prayers and and i know that if it's not meant to be he will put the he'll keep the tape there and i'm okay with that and so so my guess is, I don't know this for a fact, so I'm going to ask the question. Sure. You, you must be partnering with other, there's other elements that you're partnering with, like other uh, nonprofit associations or, or that may be on near and dear to your heart. Or yeah. you can't be, I mean, do you do all, do all this on your, just your own campus of three or do you, do you are you talking to other people the, all yeah. the time? And yeah, we're in the community. Getting other ideas. Yeah, we're in the we're in the community a ton. I think yeah. we're talking a lot. I think um, I could spend a whole day just talking about behavioral health <laughs> in Arizona. And and well, how about the next eight minutes? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I think that um, it's unfortunate because I think that uh, there are good people in the world, and then there are people that are out to make money, yeah. right? And so. Um, there we have we have found some really great organizations that we're connected with um dark horse recovery our girls get to go volunteer every wednesday for the hemp legacy foundation um they are a phenomenal program we just ran a really cool event on friday if you uh if your listeners are ever interested in um connecting with an organization that really builds people up and it's um gives them products so this this organization helps to give people clothing um, hygiene needs, things like that. And so we volunteer with them. We also connect with um, OCJ Kids, which helps to uh, foster care mm-hmm. children. So either entering or exiting the foster care system and while they're in it, they have nice. mentors and things like that. So we connect with them and work with them. That's a big factor in all of this, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. I think, right, every every mother in my system has a child that's with someone else right now. Oh. And so helping Helping all parties, I feel like we can't just treat the person. We have to treat the whole system. So you have or, or you're currently uh, on a couple of boards, right, for nonprofits? So I'm not. I was previously. Okay. I was on the Arizona Second Chance Committee. Um, I was on the board for that. Um, it is no longer. That closed a couple of years ago. Yeah. Um, currently, I volunteer with Prison Fellowship. And so I go, get to go in weekly and I get to teach classes uh, to the women on skills that they need to exit prison in a healthy way. And so um, I'm not sitting on any boards at the moment trying to get these other things up and running. Yeah. Um, but you do a network with others. All the time. Yeah. 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 So um, uh, I, you, when I was talking to you uh, before the show... Uh, I was part of three documentaries 
on the drug issues. Yeah. And you sat on, on one or two of the uh, phone centers, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Was it the one for crystal meth? The, no, it was the, the one for opiate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one for opiate. Opiate was the last one. Yeah. And then in between was the heroin program. I think it was... It might have been the heroin program, actually. I think Hook, the heroin hooked, program is the uh, Tracking heroin's heroin. hold on Arizona. Yeah. yeah, so I sat on the call center uh, through the organization that I was working with. Uh, I worked for the Meadows for a little while, so I was sitting on Amazing. with them when they put it on. Yeah, Yeah, I had their CEO on the show not long ago. Yeah. Sean? Yeah. He's a nice guy. <laughs> we like him. He actually organized our 100-person call center. Oh, I'm done. we're down to two minutes. How did that happen? <laughs> um, so um, how can people listening contact you? Or, or any of these services that you provide, how can they contact you? So if people are interested either for themselves or someone else in getting treatment, either individually or maybe even entering into treatment, um, or you know somebody exited prison, here's the thing is even if we can't serve you, we're, we're 100% welcome to or willing to send you where you need. So just call us. You can call at 623-337-2275. You can also email us or check out our websites. Um Imagine is imaginetherapyaz.com, and then Dark Horse Recovery is dhraz.org. Um, please, you know, reach out. You can email us through the websites, and uh, we're willing to help, even if it's not in our program. If we can find a program that's suitable or something that we can just help you with, we're, we're happy yeah. to do it. Well, I hope somebody calls you today. Oh, I appreciate after that. listening to the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. So, um, Patricia Plum. Trish, it's been so nice to have you on the show today, and you are a rescuer. Thank you. Thanks for having us. God bless. God blessings on you, and thank you for being the guest on Rescuers today. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.